This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. For people that have been asking, just a programming reminder, Mickey Spagnola will be on at 11 o'clock. I need to talk about this LVE injury as he... And C.J. Goodwin are out for the season. That That's a special teams hit right there. Yeah, man. That's a big concern. How are we? Uh, You're being sarcastic. I am. Well, I, I think that, like, Bones is going to. Yeah, he's one of those guys that's looking at his group and going, hey, look, I need important players on my squad. The LV, the, the Leighton Vanderish thing is one of those, like, didn't it always kind of feel like it was just a, a ticking time bomb? It sucks, too. You know? And, and yeah, I, I, I don't like seeing that he's not coming back. And there is no like, hey, the Cavalry will be back in play late in the season where he comes into the meat of the season, if you will, Kevin, yeah. and helps us out. But uh, it, it at least, you know, now and like that's the the knowing and moving forward from there. There are guys on that team that have to look at themselves and say, all right, this is my job. And now this is my job to take over for this team. I'm not just a placeholder for somebody now. I wanted to go ahead and fire off cut number six because this is something we talked about a little bit from Sunday's game, but I think it is worthy of a lot more discussion. It's first and goal inside handoff. Dowdle pushing. That one's in. That's a touchdown for Rico Dowdle. Did we finally get a look at the Cowboys' backfield that you would like to see? Now, I realize... 15 carries for Pollard, 12 carries for Dowdle. I realize, I think we all realize the blowout nature of this game probably led to a lot of the additional carries from Dowdle. But it does seem like when you put him in there, he is usually fairly efficient. Um, yes. And that's where, that's where, man, this argument that's been going on about Zeke missing uh, the entire season and how Tony Pollard can't carry the weight of Zeke and all that stuff. This is where I don't want everybody to get too far ahead of themselves. The balance of the two running backs is good. I don't need to go, well, he's my lead back. I mean, Tony Pollard is the one making the most money right now. That's the contract that Jerry Jones gave him this offseason. They're going to try to give him the ball a lot more often and give him the opportunities because they believe that he can be the home run hitter for them whenever that time comes. But... Cowboys fans will be like, hey, look, man, Tony Pollard ain't it. We got to move on and get go ahead and get Dowdle more carries. No, this is the balance of this team that it needs to be right now. And I'm not sure if, uh, if let's say, Kevontae Turpin is missing again and right. Vaughn gets another active day. Uh, does he get more opportunities to go do something like that? that? That's where I'm looking at this, though, Kevin, is everybody wants to replace a guy. Sure. And why can't those guys exist together and be a good tandem? And that's something that you had with Zeke. The problem was it was never about Zeke. It was about the contract that he was being paid and the production that he was providing. 
that was the biggest problem. If Zeke was if Zeke was on Tony Pollard's contract, he would still be here. He would still be rocking along as the right there next to Tony Pollard, and the Jones family would be sitting there looking at this, going, "Man, we have a fantastic tandem for a great price that also allows us to go purchase an offensive lineman or whatever else they need because they could do it because they weren't having to pay this." So. The balance that I see is not, hey, I got to get more carries for Rico Dowdle. I need Rico Dowdle to be able to produce the same way that he did against the Giants every single time he touches the ball. And Tony Pollard has to be lifted up at some point, too. There are going to be times when he's in the game that everybody knows he's going to get the ball. And the offensive line has to do their job in front of him to give him the space at the next level as well. How long do you have to see that? before you believe in Rico Dowdle. I'm just curious, like, because I felt like most of last year, even when Tony Pollard was playing outstanding, people were like, yeah, we'll see, or yeah, but he can't do it if he's the main guy. And now people are going to point to this year and see, like, see, I told you. Yeah, an injury season, you know. For sure. Which is something that I always, I mean, look at Terrence Steele and how difficult it is for him to come back. And Tony Pollard had a broken bone. And I know he's back. You're back. I mean, if you're going to say you're back and do the job, then do the job. Steven Jones is like, no concerns. He's trying. He's he's doing everything he can right now. I do think that there's, I think he's a a half step, maybe a quarter step off uh, from taking that one cut 20 more yards. That's where if you watch Tony Pollard runs, there are times where he gets caught up in a foot that you're like, dang, that was almost about to be it. Uh, But I think, you know, that's why I just look at it as the combination of the two, Kevin is the most important factor. How they how the how Mike McCarthy and Schottenheimer decide to use that running game. But it sounds like early before the season, the Cowboys model was we're going to ground and pound, baby. We're going to go back to Thomas Jones and and Sean Green back up in New, the New York Jets. We're going to ground and pound this thing. That's what we were feeling. Everybody was feeling they were just going to be a dominant run team. Then you run into a game Zach Martin's not there for this. Yep. Tyron Smith's not there for that. Terrence Steele's coming back. Tyler Smith's out. You got all these parts that you're trying to get back together, and their running game wasn't effective, and it wasn't what you expected it to be. And as things have gone along, Mike McCarthy's offense has evolved to something a little bit more unique and different, probably more like what he wants, which is I have a wide receiver target that can be a dominant factor and everything else trickles in around it. And if you listen to Jerry Jones yesterday, it sounded like he's kind of changed his method on this and that if the offense can set up the, D, the the run game by passing so well, then that's going to benefit the running game later on down the road. I Look, this, this text from the 469, I, I'm with you. I don't understand this either, but it is the way that the sports world goes. I know $10 million says so, but why does it have to be a one and a two? Why can't we just know when to use each one? And you're right. I have never understood either why money dictates how you have to use someone if the money's already spent. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's not like you're like, hey, but if we get Tony Pollard up to 1,000 yards, then we get a $5 million rebate on all the money. Like, that doesn't work like that at all. And so on certain drives, if Dowdle is rolling – I, I think you should be okay with just sticking with that. All right. Um, you also really love what Bruce Bochy just did this year, right? Yes. And what does Bruce Bochy do if somebody's good? They get to play again. And keep going to them. Yes. And and that is, I think that's one of the things where they lined out this year to start the season. Here's our best players. They're going to get these opportunities until they prove they fail. 
And here you are at a point where you're like, well, is it failing or is it just kind of in, do we need to look at some things? And that's where I think McCarthy's trying to figure out who has the hot hand. Uh, and, and you know, a lot of the hot hand at running back comes to what's going on up front. Uh, people can say, oh, Emmett Smith made guys miss. He didn't make guys miss without other blocks happening in front of it. Sure. The running lanes have to be there. You can't run, you can't run into nothing. If there's nothing there, it's not going to work. So is Mike McCarthy seeing who has the hot hand? Or is he saying, look, we have this set of plays and this specific section of time where we go with Tony Pollard and then we go with, with Rico Dowdle. And that's the way we do things. Because we've seen this series is his, this series that. Last night you see Javante Williams on pretty much every single running down that they knew they were going to unless there was an option for speed in which they went with Jaleel McGee. And then whenever they said, you know what, Jaleel, you're not doing that great. Here late in the game, we're probably passing the most. Samaje P. Ryan's getting the ball the most. Okay, and that I can support because I hate the structure of, I'm fine with like first drive, it's Pollard, second drive, it's Dowdle, and we'll see from there. I just hate the idea that it's like, well, that was a Dowdle drive, so now we yeah. have to do a Tony Pollard drive if you're like, yeah, but like that last drive was a touchdown, so maybe we should keep doing <laughs> Just that. Keep or, or vice versa, and it could be Pollard. And the biggest thing about Pollard that continues to stick out is he did seem like last year he could do some things when nothing apparently was there. You know, okay. This year, it feels like he does run into the pile more often. And I'm not saying that's not on the blockers whatsoever because it definitely is. But it feels like he excelled at that last year, and this year, not so much. I... What I remember watching with Tony Pollard were there were a lot of times where the hole was not as big and he was able to make something happen. Yes. The hole is a lot smaller, in my opinion, this year from what I'm watching is the hole is not there as often and somebody gets the clip of that foot and you're like, dad, it. You know, that's that, that's what I have to say, Kevin, because otherwise my kids will be like, dad, you said the, you know, the other words. That is the beauty of having a child who doesn't repeat what you say <laughs> yet. Because the, that is not what I say. But the the main thing, like when you look at like the Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram combination that was so successful, uh, when you look at some of these other combinations of running backs, what was so good last year was Tony Pollard could get it in passing situations, but he could also run between tackles and then squirt outside yep. of tackles as well. Whereas Zeke, you were like, you're in between tackles. That's pretty much it. We don't need to throw you the ball. But every time, like you really didn't know what kind of play you were going to get from Tony Pollard. And it does feel like this year so far, you're kind of like, okay, where's that other stuff? Where's the extra element? You know, somebody just texted in and said, you know, Memphis, he was more of a receiver. Yes, he's grown since he got from since he came here from Memphis. He's changed. He's developed. You saw things last year that you can see. I would like to see them add some more more of that. And Kevin, you know, my belief in what Mike McCarthy is doing is more like he has other stuff that he's going to develop as the season goes along. I'm hopeful that that's a reality. Uh, and I think that there is more for Tony Pollard down the road. I know it was an offensive explosion on Sunday. I still found this statistic to be crazy. Sunday marked the first time in franchise history. This is pretty impressive that the team had two rushers of 50 yards or more and two receivers of 150 yards or more. Okay. So obviously Pollard and Dowdle both had more than 50 yards rushing. And then Cooks and Lamb both had a, more than 150 yards receiving. Never happened in the history of the franchise ever. Offensive production, for one, and, and a terrible opponent. So just gained 600 yards every <laughs> game. 
And it'll all work itself out, like, right? Like the I, the Giants, I don't want to like the Giants' offense kept giving the Cowboys' offense the ball back. Their their They're offense terrible. was like, "Hey, yeah. we tried, but we didn't get a third down conversion, so y'all can have the ball back." Which gave the Cowboys plenty of opportunities without having to panic or rush or do anything out of the ordinary. They said, "We can just go through our offense and and we can really produce because they know they're really good." The Giants' defense isn't atrocious, all right? Their offense is miserable. Their defense isn't atrocious. And the Cowboys are like, the more opportunities you give us, the better we're going to be, the better it's going to look offensively for us today. From the 2-4, and four, Tony's injury is the difference this year. Only thing that makes sense for the drop-off in production. And I feel like we've given the Cowboys a couple of shots to use that as an excuse. We just asked Steven yesterday. Yeah. They, they won't, because then it sounds like an excuse. Which... At least then I would understand their logic of negotiating a little bit more because we asked Jerry this on Friday. It feels like Gallup, Steele, I, I know this is only a franchise tag, but Pollard, it feels like negotiating with injured players is not great. Yeah, uh, that's not their. That's not their, what they're best at from what we've seen so far. That's not necessarily what they're best at. Kevin, or Dak. Have you seen the, the new picture that we have for the fan? Oh, no. At 105.3 The Fan on Twitter, it says now in the majors, and oh, thank Kevin, are live on 105.3 The Fan. And look at Mike right there in the middle with that big old grin God. on his face. Good night, that guy right there. He, he just is, He's always there, Kevin. He is always there. Yeah, in just, my thoughts, <laughs> in my dreams. Yeah. You, dream, you have dreams about Mike? Luckily not. I, just, ha- I just watched an episode of Mythic Quest, Kevin, where they have, you, well, you suggested it, and I was it's like, really all right, good. I'll watch it. And they're having uh, sexual dreams about oh. their bosses. Oh, my goodness. And I was like, is that something that goes on in your life, Kevin? 877-881-1053. No. Have you ever had one of those boss dreams? We'll wait. No, I mean, we can keep moving the show. I don't believe I ever have. Would now you- I have to think, like, I don't know how many attractive bosses I had, but then again, they don't have to necessarily be attractive. It might be the power dynamic yeah, exactly. that draws you in. Yeah. I, that's a good question. What are the three most attractive things? Money, power, and looks, right? Oh. Isn't money and power a combination of things? supposed to say sense of humor. Sense of humor, yeah. yeah. Uh, kindness to other yeah. pets. Uh, that's why That's why whenever people are like, oh, it was love at first sight. She's so kind. And I was like, stop it. You did not see that girl and be like, Damn. She's kind as hell. Look at her. Like, that, that is not how that happened. Look at all that community service she's given yeah, out there. Yeah, for days. We call like, it. Just say that you thought she was hot to start off uh-huh. with, and then you learned, or he was or hot he, to start yeah, off exactly. with, and then you learned all that other stuff. Yeah. Like, just say you like the way, the way the jeans sat on him. Like, just say that. Don't be like, I could tell he would be a good provider. Like, no, you didn't. From just looking at that person? Come on. How does a pair of jeans sit on a guy, Kevin? You know, you're checking out the butt. Like, that's what it's all about. We can all be honest about that. At least I hope we can. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, where does Jordan Montgomery sit in the free agent tiers? And, yes, a little bit more Otani and Hater. We'll do it next right here on The Fan. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Siri having a fine year in terms of power production. Shows Bunt here and pops it up toward first. Diving for it, Montgomery. He makes the catch. Jordan Montgomery, the pitcher, comes off the mound and makes a diving catch midway between home and first, just inside the line to retire Siri. KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. Talk a little Rangers baseball here, and there's a lot to get into. Is What tier of free agency do you think Jordan Montgomery fits on? Oh, that's Let's interesting. Let's say there's five tiers. Um, Man, I'd definitely put him right there on tier two. Uh, pretty, tier one, one person alone? Uh, I think so, and I, I did see this, and I, I do think that he stands above. His contract's going to be ridiculously insane and not inflated by like other things other than that dude is who he is, and that's Shohei Otani. Shohei Otani, he's all by himself on tier one, and I know Choppy has a really... Uh, like, that's his approach on Tier 1. It should be just one person. That's not yeah. necessarily my approach because if Mike Trout and Mookie Betts were the top two free agents out there, I wouldn't say that Trout's the only one on Tier 1. I you would say multi-person I tier would say, one. yeah, that, that, that one is. But this year, specifically, I do think that Otani stands out above everybody else and that he does two very uh, specific things very well. But I, th- I think Jordan Montgomery, left-handed pitcher, just won a World Series, yep. showed dominance in the playoffs, and gets you six innings per game with really good numbers and a chance to win. That is an ace-type pitcher. And an ace-type pitcher, or if people want to say a really good number two, if that's if that's what you're dealing with, sure. then I think that he's, he's definitely on tier two. And it just felt like that Evaldi-Montgomery one-two punch in the playoffs was just incredible. So... MLB.com has followed a lot of this logic, and they have Shohei Otani by himself on Tier 1. Then when we move into Tier 1, there's a couple of intriguing players here. Is First, Jordan Montgomery. 2.79 ERA after being acquired by the Rangers at the trade deadline and raises stock even more during the World Series run. Like, who would have guessed if you go back through it and you're like, hey, you're going to get a Rawls Chapman. You're going to get Max Scherzer. By far, the biggest impact was Jordan Montgomery yeah. of, of those trade yeah. acquisitions that you made. Yeah, no, it's huge. It was it was the the most significant trade acquisition. Ooh. Was it? Yeah. Chapman? No. he's. I think Montgomery is far more important than Chapman. Where'd Spores come from? What's Spores history? He was here before the trade deadline. Good for us, He's man. Been here. Look at us. Is so to go along with that, another name on tier two. And I just want to open this up so we can get a feeling from folks if they're interested or not. Is Josh Hader. Now, Alec, you saw the audio earlier. If we can fire it off, is who are the competitors for Josh Hader? I think one thing is really interesting that we saw even among the teams that played deep into October and indeed even the one that won it all in the Texas Rangers, they had some bullpen questions. So I'm going to go straight to those teams that are either trying to repeat as World Series champs like the Rangers or get there like the Phillies when you consider the struggles of Craig Kimbrell and the overall lack of reliable bullpen innings they had late in those games in the NLCS. I look at both the Rangers as and Phillies as strong candidates to sign 
Josh Hader. You mentioned him there, the multiple-time right, All-Star. Right. Let's go and stop it right there. Just real quick side note, uh, the Bills are firing offensive coordinator Ken Dorsey because he's the one that forced Josh Allen to turn the ball over. Do, do you want to set a t- aside some time to discuss this, or do you, is, is now the time? No, you throw it out there. I felt like his play calling was pressing also. Sure. Like, uh, when I watched that game last night, I feel again, I go back to this. is We had this discussion about Tony Romo. Tony Romo always felt like he didn't belong. And he always felt like, look, I'm a, I'm a free agent, you know, un, undrafted rookie free agent guy that's got to prove myself. I got to be a hero. And Tony Romo felt like in those moments, now it's time for me to shine. And he didn't necessarily, he needed to trust his team. He needed to trust the system that he was playing within. And I felt like Ken Dorsey, when you're watching him call plays, everything's on the line and he's trying to make every play the 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 season-winning play. Like he's trying to go back to that Kansas City uh, conference game. And you can't do that. It just felt like it, like they, they were always trying to push too much. And I, I think this might be a positive. Not that I think Ken Dorsey's bad at his job, but I think that he gave an element of there's too much riding on every single offensive play. So there's your little mini breaking football news right there. On the baseball front, I, I feel like it's pretty universal that, you know, depending on the cost and everything, everybody wants Jordan Montgomery back, right? Yep. Like, you know, maybe if it's $30 million per year, people, I don't know about I that. I would love to have him back. Okay. Unless there's a better pitcher that you want to tell me you're getting. Okay. I don't have a better starting pitcher for you right now, although clearly I know that people have talked about Blake Snell for a while, maybe if you put Aaron Nola in that category. But I want to talk about the audio that Alec pulled aside. Josh Hader. We've heard Josh Hader be rumored to the Rangers already early this offseason a lot. Alec, I want to start with you. Where do you fall on picking up Josh Hader? I kind of bounced back and forth on it because I really did start to like what I was seeing from Jose LeClerc, but you look at the numbers from Josh Hader's season last year, unbelievable, and by far and away the best leverage guy on the market. You don't really get these guys on the open market very often. They're guys that you're having to give up a lot for in terms of assets at the deadline. So I'm more than okay with saying if cash is the only way to get a guy with a sub 1-3 ERA, and he's got like, I want to say almost a 14 uh, Ks through 9 last season, he's incredible. I I think if you have the willingness from ownership to do it, you got to make those moves. Those are winning moves. Okay, and I might be in the minority here then because I'm, I'm glad that you said that. Look, I know there are lots of people, we've discussed this before, who have a lot of thoughts about the tweets from the past. And we can chop that up as well if you want. 17-year-old with some just really vile things that he tweeted out there. Some people are going to hold that against him. Some people are like, he's a kid, move on. I'm not going to litigate that part right here and right now, though that is discussion-worthy. I feel like he quit on his team last year when they were still mathematically alive for the playoffs. And that is my concern. And I know, Corey, you bring this up a lot is I feel like you got a pretty positive vibe in the locker room. And I might be overstating this because Alec is right. He is an incredible pitcher. But I do worry about that pitch more than an inning. Get out of here. And you're like, you could still have made the playoffs at that point, dude. So... And I think I'm going to echo a little bit of of Alec here on this. Is the we have to go get bullpen? Sure. 
because of what happened this past season. Agreed. That's it. Like, that's the only reason we feel like we don't think we can do anything else other than pay bullpen because the number will be very significant. It might break records, right? Yeah. For him. Yeah. Just because of what happened. You still won the World Series with the patchwork bullpen that you were able to to, to put together this year. Okay. I You're and, right. And having, the, having those guys in place at the beginning of the season – does not necessarily mean that they will be there and in place at the end of the season. You're right about that, especially because bullpen churns a lot from season to season. I think that is one of the stable parts that Hater brings. But I, I'll tell you this. If you had a good build, go, bleh, good bullpen this year, Rangers would have had the best record in Major League Baseball. That is not hyperbole. They won 90 games and I believe blew 29 saves in the regular season. They had more blown saves than they did converted saves, which is crazy. So the difference there... And now you're now you're pitching to Ray Davis, all right. Now oh. you're now you're pitching to Ray Davis. Good. You're not get pitching in, to me anymore. Get me in front of the money guy, Kevin. You just told me that a team blew 29 saves and still won the damn World Series, and I'm like, awesome. Let's do it again. But you're talking to Ray Davis, and you're saying, do you want home field advantage throughout the playoffs? Do you want home field in the World Series again? Like these are the things that if you're not blowing those saves, you probably have a better advantage of hosting more games, and collecting more revenue. That that part is true. My other appeal to him would be, if you think the Rangers have cracked a new way to win the World Series, which they very well might have. We talked about earlier in the year, it used to be you got to have three really top-notch pitchers to make it to the World Series. Well, the Rangers proved that's not the case. They only needed two. So if you think, I would tell Mr. Davis, if you believe that two lights-out starting pitchers in three viable bullpen pieces is what you need to get to the world series because that's what you did and you think it'll work again then don't worry about it, <laughs> it then don't worry about it but if you think yeah historical baseball will take back over and you'll either need two and a half or three really good starting pitchers or you'll need four five quality bullpen pieces but you're right this offseason or this postseason was a punch in the face for that yeah. because the Arizona Diamondbacks had the far superior bullpen. And guess what happened? You tore them up. You know, I, I did love, you know, last week with Devin Williams when Mike was bringing him yes. up. And Mike did mention, look, he's a righty also. Uh, and but that doesn't matter that much with LeClerc, uh and and what the way that they did their bullpen. Spores is going to be a part of it. I think if you're going to if you want to throw hater in here, Kevin. Again, that's more now you got to think about money that you might be having to pay Leclerc and all that stuff, but you do have the options of lefty righty lefty uh, or righty lefty righty in your bullpen when you have that combination there. He's 29, he's got he's still got plenty of time to be a good closer for you and you can do some other things. Um I'm not so much worried about other stuff because I do trust that Bochi, everything every every person we've talked to he hasn't been he I don't think every player that's ever played for him loves him. There's possibility there's one out there that's like never like that guy. Yeah. And he's probably a loser. Oh um, my gosh. But the but everybody we talk to says that you leave and you know where you stand with, with Bruce Bochi at the end of the day. You're not gonna walk out of the stadium and know and think, gosh, I don't really know. So I think if Hader was to be here, he would know where he stands with this team. And if he says I only do three out saves, then he'll only do three out saves if that's what Bochi, Bochi requires. But that doesn't feel like that's what Bochi requires. No. Bochi requires whatever the game asks of you, you do and and get it done. I really, I really like this from the nine seven two. No, Corey, 
I don't want more home games. We just want 11 and 0 on the road in the playoffs. <laughs> that that was that's last year's good team. Good ass point. That was last year's team. From the 406 in Milwaukee, Josh Hader was a pure professional. Playing for the Padres would get anyone down. Now, that's another topic a that place. I want to bring up as for another day. Maybe it's tomorrow, maybe it's later this week. I guess week. Boach never won a World Series with them. Exactly. So, yeah. Even though he didn't win manager of the year yet. That's really weird there. <laughs> By the way, prepare yourself for tonight. If and when he doesn't win manager of the year, try to like prepare yourself that that's probably what's going to happen. How could he not? Okay, because it's a regular season award. Yeah. And I do believe that the Baltimore manager is going to get it and Bochi is going to finish second. I'm not advocating that. Clearly, I think Bochi should be the manager of the year. I'm telling you, it's a regular season award. I believe Baltimore's manager will win and Bochi will finish second. Why? Because Baltimore came out of nowhere to be good? And they had a much better record. Oh, a record. In the did you regular not hear, season. Did you not hear the GM for the Rangers didn't give uh, the Rangers manager the bullpen to work with in the regular season? You just pointed it out. 20, somebody said it was 33. 33 I blown saves, you Kevin. You told me it was 64. What's I he supposed to do that. when he doesn't have the bullpen? Win a World Series is what he's supposed okay, to do. Okay, but I'm telling you, it's a did. regular season award. They don't factor that in. Because he didn't have the bullpen yet. That's not on him. Uh, okay. You can't hold that against him. Okay. He well, still had a badass team. He did have a badass team. That came team. out of nowhere. Like Baltimore. To win the World Series. I, <laughs> All right. They I couldn't have done like, it if they weren't good in the regular like season, too. If win the World Series, I'm definitely going to lose this argument. Yeah. Uh, I'm just telling everyone to Doesn't matter if it's a regular season award, Kevin. Prepare Guess what happened at the end of the damn season? Mentally. I'm on your side. I'm just telling you. To prepare yourself mentally, it's the same kind of bull crap that got Josh Young fourth in rookie of the year. I'll, Just see, prepare yourself mentally for that. This is uh this is from the six eight two, and this is why I love this this texture. That bullpen is also why Bochi should be manager. <laughs> I of the agree. Year. I'm with you on you had that. To deal with that crap. And Man. still win a damn World Series. From the 2 and 4, Kevin's just a straight hater. That <laughs> why is this falling on me? Or does that mean they want Josh Hader? Also. With that other person who texted in about San Diego, I kind of want to do a segment across all the sports. What is the situation that is so hopeless it would make you unprofessional? Because here they're like, the San Diego Padres would make you unprofessional. What are the other teams in sports that you're like, I'm out? From Swaggy Booties on the the chat, Kevin, he said, why does K-Dog hate Boach? These are the questions, Alec, that we just don't know the answers if to. If I had a vote, deep in his soul, I would vote Sad. for Bruce Bochy for manager of the year. I believe this evening uh-huh. he will end up finishing second. Not because of me. I would vote for him. Tomorrow, tomorrow if we come in and Bochy is the winner of manager of the year. I'm going to be so pissed. Will you, no, poli- just will you apologize to you apologize to all the Rangers fans yes. that you offended no, today? Don't you dare mark that. Somebody yes. said y'all should put up a bet, Kevin. <coughs> would okay. you bet against Bochi tonight? Well, I mean, as long as there's something in return. Good it, God. He doesn't care. I, it's the love for Boach. <laughs> That's what it matters the most. Kevin. That is an irrational way to make bets. <laughs> to ignore logic in front of you. You gotta go out and bet on teams heart. I don't care about. No. For the love of the game. Make bets no, that is irrational, Thank you, Alec. Alec. We're the KNC masterpiece right here on 1053 the fans. Speaking of irrational, coming up next, this is a real sentence. A Dallas Stars tweet has led to a state flag discussion. 
Are most state flags weak? And is Texas the best? 877-881-1053. We'll do it next right here on The Fan. Duchesne has it. He's feeling it as well. Wrist shot. Score! Tipped in front. Tyler Sagan has the goal. His second of the year. And the Stars lead 4-2. to two. KNC Masterpiece back here on 105.3 The Fan where the Stars are rolling, the Mavs are rolling. We'll get into that even further as the show goes along. But we talked about this yesterday. The Stars' social media accounts, the Twitter account, it's spicy. Because the other day, I think it was after Saturday's game, it was like, by the way, that's Wyatt Johnston with a T. You need to know that. But then, Corey, you discovered something else entirely that has led to our bizarre state flag discussion. Yeah, the uh, the state of Minnesota is apparently said, hey, if you want to design our new flag, go ahead. We would like, you know, they, they said, uh, the legislators established the State Emblems Redesign Commission in 2023, uh, their legislative session, Kevin, because that's very important. Sure. Designing a new flag, probably the most important thing in is politics. It- uh, school stuff. Adopt or? new designs. Lawmakers in favor of a redesign say the flag and seal are independent compared with the U.S. states and feature imagery that is offensive to Native Americans. Oh dear. So I don't know. I, I barely ever looked at their flag before. But lots of submissions like lakes, ducks, and uh, stars uh, are out there. The Dallas Stars, after destroying the wild over the weekend, qu- qu- tweeted out, we have a suggestion for the state flag of Minnesota, and it was a Stars logo. And I was like, yeah, because that's what you do. You go to somebody's Wikipedia page, say that you own the team, and now yes. because you've defeated them, kind of yes. like the Rangers or the owners of the Astros. Uh, so, like, it's, it's, a, it's a good feeling, and I love that the Stars did that. That brought about my question, though. What does Minnesota's flag look like first, and why are they redesigning it? Because I remember the city of Plano spent, like, 65 grand or something, maybe 35 uh, redesigning their logo. And I was like, the old logo was kind of okay, and the new logo looks just like it, except for it slanted a little more. Never I don't understand. F- never forget that college football hired an advertising executive and a, and a marketing firm, and they paid $60,000 to come up with a college football playoff. That's a real thing. That actually happened. Alec, somebody got paid. Seven times more than we get paid to <laughs> oh, to to come yeah. up with college football playoff. It's tough. The math ain't mathing. <laughs> that doesn't it doesn't make sense to me. Uh, so anyway, whenever I saw this, I thought, a this is genius. The stars the stars Twitter's been great for a long time. Yeah. The first thing I can remember from stars Twitter <laughs> is the Tony Romo back and forth. Well, at least our number nine got got the job done. Wow. Do you remember that when that yes, situation I happened? Do. I don't know why. Like maybe the Cowboys accidentally took a I shot at him or did. something, and they were like, "Well, here it is." And so since then, Stars Twitter has been phenomenal. If you know who's running their account, because I did know him for a while, if you do know who's running their account, let us know. I'd love to to have a chat with that person. But then I started thinking, are all flags ugly? And oh dear, or are there some really great flags out there? And that brings me to my top five flags in the entire United States. <laughs> Not the world. Okay. Is this based on any particular metric outside of just... I looked at them. Okay. I went to wikipedia.com <laughs> and clicked on the flag lists. And I I will say, I don't like the flag that is a solid color and then has like some crest in the middle. Okay. That's, I'm not a fan of that. That okay. seems like you should have just made the whole flag the crest. 
instead of okay. instead of what you did. What you did was stupid. I will say honorable mention number six goes to Nevada. I think Nevada's is okay. All right, that's decent. Did you just make room for that flag that Carter was talking about? Oh no, but I'm gonna have to at some point. Number five, South Carolina's flag. South Carolina's flag is the palmetto, as Choppy pointed out. We have been to South Carolina. Those little uh, palm trees are everywhere across the entire uh, state. And if you see it on a license plate, it's kind of cool. They get little tattoos. I've seen people get tattoos of the palm tree. It's cute. Number four, Alaska. I think Alaska is dope. It has the stars in space on it. Uh, the North Star is also with it as well, I do believe. It's the, the, the it's, Dipper, it's right? The, is it Big Dipper or Little Dipper? Do you know the difference? I'm going to say Big Dipper. Do you know the difference, Alec, between Big Dipper and Little Dipper? Uh, one's big and one's a little. That makes sense. Facts. Like I don't I don't know if one looks another way, like they're looking different ways. <laughs> I don't know. I took astrology in high school. Mm-hmm. Don't remember any of it. All right. You took astrology or astronomy? Astronomy. It's early okay. in the morning, Kevin. Number three, New Mexico. It's a yellow flag with like three red lines in a circle. All right. It's enough. Okay, it's simple. Yeah. Okay. Is it three or four? No, yeah, I see. But it's like in the yeah. shape of a north. Uh, yeah. the, the compass. I got gotcha. you. Number two, Colorado. First off, my name's Corey. There's a big C on the thing. All right. It looks cool. <laughs> it's it's distinguishable too. Mm. Because, it is. That's yeah, true. It's a, it's a flag that if you look at it, it doesn't look like Washington. That also looks like Virginia. Man, kinda. I'm telling you, I'm looking at like Maine, New York, Michigan. Can't it tell all the kind of looks the same. Yeah. I'm not gonna. Your crest might be a little different, but it's pretty much the same. If your flag's a square, you did it wrong. It needs to be a rectangle. It can't be a square. That's not a flag. Although there are triangle flags, and I'm cool with that. Okay. I don't know what state that is, but that's kind of a cool flag, too, now that I'm looking at it. Is what? it Indiana? How is that helpful? What's the state next to Ohio? You don't know? You're going to lose. Number two is Colorado, <laughs> and number one is the state flag of Texas. Mm. Texas uh, state flag is easily the best because it's the most distinguishable flag I think in the world, aside from the United States flag, I don't know. Then people might disagree with me about that, but I bet on the other side of the planet, people see that flag and they go Texas. Yeah. Uh, I also think that whenever they see the shape of Texas, they go, "That's Texas." Texas has a distinct shape. You know what? What else looks like Texas? Nothing, Kevin. Yeah. Nothing looks like Texas. Just some people are surprised that you said Texas State flag over the G bag flag. G bag flag is it's not kind of eligible a, for this, right? Okay, yeah, because they're not a state. They haven't uh, they haven't classified as a state yet. Okay, but you see how North Carolina tried to copy the state Texas flag. Are you yeah. looking at the map? Are you looking at the map yeah, right now? Yeah, I am looking at the map. Puerto right Rico's kind of you know in that area, but they're uh, is it an annexation, Kevin? What is it? No, that's the territory. Okay. You're thinking about the movie Little Giants right there. And also, is that Alabama and Florida that are like, hey, let's have the same flag, but we'll put like an emblem in the middle for Florida? Yes, it's the same flag. And also, like, I don't know. I kind of feel like I look at those two flags and wonder if we need to update those. Okay, why? They 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 feel of a bygone era. Are you saying that things that look like a rebel flag don't need to be flags anymore? 
That's going to get me in a lot of trouble, isn't it? I don't know. I mean, I, I'm just asking a question about that. I, I just feel like we can do better. The Tennessee this, flag, right? actually, I mean, I understand what Choppy and or what uh, Sean was saying this morning. I get it. Still kind of a cool looking flag. It's it is a cool looking flag. Logo, right? Is that what that is? Or the Titans logo, I guess, is probably the flag, not vice versa. Who knows? Maybe they changed the flag. A lot of these flags are not great, though. New Orleans has just like a pelican, or Louisiana <laughs> just has a huge pelican on it. Like, what it is that? Okay, so is that the thing? You just take your state bird and you just throw it on the flag, and you're like, there it is. We'd have a mockingbird, right? Because that's the state bird. I feel like in this state, though, wouldn't you go blue bonnet over the bird? Ooh, or pecan tree? Maybe. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. But the way the state flag looks, distinguishable. I mean, I think if you go, what's above? Is that Wyoming? Wyoming's kind of distinguishable, too. It's got a big old buffalo right there in the middle of it. But, Kevin, we learned something about the Virginia state flag today. I need to look this up more. It is the only flag, I do believe the only flag in the United States that does support nudity. And that what? was something new to us what that we that did mean? not know. There is a There's picture. There's a naked person on there? Oh, my goodness. Is that a woman or a dude? I thought that was a man. And why do they have to, like, signify the... Can I say nipple on air? Yeah. Yeah, why do they have to signify the nipple? Like, you didn't have to add that into the element. You could have just left it bare and not been like that. You know what I appreciate? Whether it's a man or a woman, their boob is hanging out, and they still murdered that uh, tyrant. Yes, because they're standing on top of them. And then it looks like they're also holding a ripped-off piece of a statue with the other arm. Like, if you look at this flag, it looked like they ripped the arm off of a statue, and they're carrying it with them. What is that thing that they're holding? Is that a huge pencil? They killed the tyrant. That looks like a huge pencil, and they just wrote the tyrant to death. I don't know exactly what it is, Kevin. spear. But if you get a chance, y'all go check out the, uh, go check out the... I think that's a guy. I don't know. From the I two one four. From the two one four, you said conductor. nudity at the same time as I'm passing a topless bar. LMAO. So people out there driving, listening to flag talk, fun what, with flags. What's the earliest uh, topless bar opens up? Do they close? Oh, are they open all the time? Oh yeah. Are they just kind of there? I don't know. I would assume that they're like maybe not the A team is always there. Okay. But I would yeah. assume that they're kind of always like, hey, you know, you leave late, show up early. Okay. I've never had to go at like nine o'clock in the morning, Kevin. That's what I was curious. Yeah, was that what Legs and Eggs was? Right. Look, you guys remember? I think that you time. may have misheard me. I said, "Bring all the bacon." We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend four point four hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.